Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Friday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. We'll lighten the mood a little bit later on. He played Kevin on The Office. Brian Baumgartner will join us. He's got a podcast, The Oral History of The Office, and we will ask the tough questions, such as, did Jim wear a hairpiece? during one of the seasons of The Office. At least sources close to me say that is true. Washington Redskins owner Daniel Snyder provided no statement, declined several interview requests from the Washington Post in connection with the story of 15 former female employees who alleged that they were the victims of sexual harassment while working for the team that Snyder owns. Instead, all the comments have come from head coach Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera just got there. He should not be... At the forefront, the voice of the Washington Redskins. He's been there less than six months. He coaches a football team and will have a hard time doing just that. He doesn't run human resources here. I don't know if Daniel Snyder says anything. The owners will meet virtually today to discuss rules for training camp. And I guess there's a chance that the issue will be addressed in that session. (laughs) But I'd love to be able to be a fly on the wall when the commissioner brings it up. How do you bring it up? You can't bring it up to the owners. I think you have to bring that up private, privately with Daniel Snyder. And I'm going to guess that you have radio silence through the weekend with the NFL and the owner, the Washington Redskins. Yeah, McLevin. The NFL also has this big thing going on. I mean, uh, how are they going to settle with the NFLPA in two days? It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, that's another thing that has been lost on a lot of people. We assume the NFL will play football. They're, they're debating right now if there's any preseason games. The players don't want any preseason games. And they want testing every single day. We haven't even 
figured that out yet. And they've had months to figure this out. And they still have some time here. But the rookies are showing up on Monday. And you don't have safety precautions put in place with all of these teams. And now you have some of these star players basically saying, wait a minute, what are we doing here? All of these weeks we kept saying, hey, NFL's got time. College football, they got the benefit of time. They don't have time on their side anymore. It's here. It's here for baseball. It's here for basketball. And football is just starting with their rookie camp. And then college football, you're trying to get players to be able to practice together. Can you do that? I have serious doubts about it. But um, you know, we've seen progress. But the question is, are people going to abide by the rules so you have those safety precautions put in place and you have people willing to abide by them? That's really the key here, if you're going to have it. And I have serious doubts that college football and pro football start on time. Baseball, maybe they figured it out. NBA has done the best because they have the opportunity to be able to have everybody in one place and you could monitor them. And you have far less people involved in this. You know, with college football, just do the numbers of, let's say a team has 90, 90 players on the roster. You could have walk-ons. You know, maybe you have a little bit more than that. All the people involved in the football team. So let's say you have 150 people with each school and just do the numbers of the power five conferences got thousands and thousands of tests that are have to be available and then if you test positive they're saying you're going to miss two weeks of action so you can miss two weeks of the regular season the odds are not in their favor the math is not in their favor and following safety protocol not in their favor and you don't have time on your side any longer 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Tiger Woods, back yesterday in Columbus at uh, Jack Nicklaus's tournament, the Memorial. And the last time we saw him was Tiger, Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning in that challenge. And at the time when I was watching Tiger, everybody was watching Tom Brady, you know, hit it right and left and made a mess of it. Uh, Manning was sneaky good. Uh, Phil tried to give a tutorial with every shot he was taking. Tiger just hit shots. Had a little bit of commentary, but I was noticing, focused, fixated on Tiger, his ability to hit the shot that he wanted to hit. And it was very repetitious. It felt like he was in a good rhythm there, but that's the last time we saw him play. Now, you know, you're out there with Bryson DeChambeau, who has become the face of the tour, and he's out driving everybody. Just the way Tiger did a decade ago, or two decades ago. But Tiger was winning. DeChambeau is hitting the ball 400 yards. And golf's unpredictable. We know that. And I don't know if Tiger or DeChambeau will be there on Sunday, but just having Tiger in the tournament makes it different, special. And maybe it's a preview of the major tournaments that uh, we hope to have the rest of this year. But Tiger yesterday, one under par. That's fine. Just get out there. Uh, try to get that rhythm back. But I do want to see Tiger and DeChambeau together. Because you had Tiger with Brooks Kepka and Roy McIlroy yesterday. But Tiger, if he could get paired with Bryson DeChambeau, that would be fun. Because... When they played a practice round, I'm told that DeChambeau, when he hit a not a great drive, 
was 15 yards past Tiger. When he hit a great drive, he was 50 yards past Tiger Woods. And it's not like Tiger's, you know, hitting it on the, the senior tour here. Like, he can still move it out there a little bit, but uh, it'll be fun to see. But Bryson DeChambeau, he is, uh, he's turning these golf courses upside down. But only from the standpoint of how far he hits it. I want to see if he scores. Because if he does that, then you're going to really get people's attention. But if he continues to hit it 350, 400 yards, and he's, you know, two under par, okay. But if he ever figures out how to chip and how to putt, then all of a sudden that's going to change the game. He'll, he'll change the game. He'll change the golf ball in the game of golf because they're going to have to get to that point. Something Jack Nicholas has been, been saying for 43 years. Yeah, remember when they uh, Tiger proved Augusta years ago and Charles Barkley came on the show and you know, said that uh, you know, it was wrong, you can't be doing that to Tiger. And I said, uh, Charles, do you know they did that to Jack Nicholas in the early 60s? And he didn't know it because we, we assumed that, hey, golf started when Tiger Woods started playing. It didn't work when they did that to Jack. They tiger-proofed Augusta because Jack hit it farther than everybody else. And Jack has been saying, you got to change the golf ball. If you change the golf ball, and I truly believe, and I have no sources with the Masters, I truly believe the Masters might lead the charge that they come up with their Masters golf ball, and you have to, you, you have to abide by our specs if it's Nike, if it's going to be uh, Callaway, if it's TaylorMade, it's Titleist, these are the specs we want for that golf ball. Because having played Augusta, there are certain holes that can't be lengthened. And this is what we keep doing. We'll have a, I remember playing a, a, you know, a golf course would be 7,000 yards. Now they'll do 7,500 yards and not even think about it. Because the technology and the golf ball, they just make it longer. And I never understood that. If I really wanted to penalize Tiger Woods, I'm not going to make it longer, but I'm certainly going to make it tighter. And any of these long hitters, that's when you really want to see. I, I want more golfers involved that are actually golfers, not somebody just who hits bombs. I love watching it, but this is the problem we have with baseball. Baseball is about hitting bombs. It's not about anything else. It's hitting bombs. Golf has become about hitting bombs. Tennis is about hitting bombs. And that's the problem I have with these sports. There's no other movement. They're not volleying that much. Uh, in golf, are you good around the greens? How many people can you know be involved in these tournaments? Be competitive when it's all about distance. Baseball, it's all about hitting home runs. Nobody cares if you bat you know 325 and you hit you know 19 home runs. That's pedestrian. We want you hitting 275 and hitting 42 home runs. Strike out 180 times. Who cares? You want movement in sports. Tennis doesn't have it. Golf is just get up there and swing hard. And I would still like to see the shot making come back. And baseball has no movement either if you watch a game. It's pretty stationary. Yeah, Paul. Bryson DeChambeau, I guess he put on about 20 pounds over the past Maybe more. year. He's listed at 6'1", 240. Yeah. I, you see a lot of muscular guys who can't hit a golf ball. Is is muscularity important to, to distance while hitting a golf ball? I well, mean, traditional weightlifter muscles. Well, look at Brooks Kepka. He's a weightlifter. Uh, Dustin Johnson's an athlete. 
Dustin Johnson is a pure athlete out there. DeChambeau put on like 30 pounds, I guess, and he works out, and so it's muscle. Um, like there are guys who are big. John Daly's big, but he's, you know, not muscular. Um, you know, it's weird. You can be five, five foot eight and, uh, and 150 pounds and hit it. Justin Thomas is not big at all. He's small. So golf is about lag. It's about, you know, everything coming together at the right time and uh, having the science down. Bryson DeChambeau basically, you know, treated this like it's rocket science. He, he, he's got a driver. You know, normally your driver is like nine or nine and a half or, or 10. His is, I think, five and a half. And his clubs are all the same size. So everything about this is science. But if you're putting on 40 pounds in two years and you watch DeChambeau, when he swings, he swings as hard as he can possibly. Like you think his arm's going to fall off one day or a back injury here. Because that was always the, the concern about Tiger is he would post on his left leg. And I kept thinking at some point that knee cannot take that much torque. And it proved to be true, his back and his knee. It's just, that's why when you see guys who have, like Louis Oosthuizen has the most effortless swing, Ernie Els, like those guys can play golf for the rest of their lives. Although Ernie's had some health issues. You know, Freddie Couples, I think the heaviest thing he lifted was a beer. And Freddie has a wonderful swing, but he has back issues as well. But I remember Tiger back in the early 90s, and I said, I don't know if that swing can hold up. Just, you know, the physical, like the laws of gravity or uh, geometry, trigonometry, whatever it is where all the angles there and the force, the sheer force. But when you're hitting, ball speed is over 200 miles an hour. We can get on the simulator here and I can tell you guys swing as hard as you possibly can and you won't come anywhere near 200 miles an hour on a golf ball. Yeah, Paulie. By the way, a couple of years ago, I was, I was watching like the PGA channel or whatever, and I saw a post-match interview with Bryson DeChambeau. I'm like, wait a second, he's American? I assumed he was French with that name. <laughs> DeChambeau, he's just assuming you never heard the guy interviewed before. He drinks like, you know, six shakes, protein shakes a day. It, it's uh, the, the calorie intake is incredible. But I, I do think golf will have to look at this at some point as a business and say, and they may say, look, we love that people are tuning in to watch Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, they may. Because I do. I'm watching Bryson DeChambeau to see how far he can hit it. Everybody else I'm watching to see how they play the course. I'm just watching him to see how he hits it. And as we like to say, he leaves nothing in the bag. He is going after it there. All right. Uh, so I mentioned we'll have Kevin from the office uh, joining us uh, coming up. A couple of phone calls in here. Let me see. How about Nate in New York? Hey, Nate, what do you have for me today? DP, third time, long time. How are we doing? Good, sir. What's on your mind? I just, you were talking about the NFL and how they wanted to get rid of all the preseason games, and I was wondering if they were going to address the issue on the amount of injuries being so astronomical if they actually do go away from having no preseason games. And all the full-time players would be in full-time right off the bat. Well, there are players who need it the last couple of games. The first couple of games, thanks for the phone call, Nate. You need your free agents and your rookies to get ready. You do need a couple of preseason games. And then your regular players, star players, usually need one tune-up. 
there there is a use for preseason games. The problem is, is the owners would charge you the same amount of money, or if you were doing season tickets, to get season tickets, you had to sign up for the preseason as well. Um, I didn't appreciate the price gouging there, but I, I do understand that you do need some preseason games, or at least you know scrimmages with other teams. That's what I had said all along. If you have scrimmages there, can you still accomplish what you want to? And I'm, you know, I've been told by numerous people, you still want them to run out in front of a crowd in front, you know, with the lights on you. And it feels like you're on stage. It's bigger because you got to get ready for that moment. But uh, I, I can't see preseason games this this year. Cam, we got 55 days until Texans Chiefs Thursday night. Now, that sounds like a lot of time, but understand it's not because the players are asking, do we have we thought about these things? And the rookies show up on Monday. Now the players realize they don't have time on their side. And now this is where the Players Association is kind of hitting back at the owners to say, you guys got all of this and ready to go in place? And they don't. James in Virginia is joining us on the program. Hi, James. Thanks for holding. What do you have? Uh, good morning, brother. Happy Friday. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. It's a, it's a lot going on today, man. It's, it's a whole lot. I got to say, man, uh, ro- robes over towels. Robes over towels. And uh, I got to say, it sounds like there's a stat-off coming on between uh, McLovin and, and Ethan, man. Got to have a stat-off uh, Sports Jeopardy style, wow. for sure. Okay. <laughs> And then uh, to the elephant in the room, man, uh, you know, I'm burgundy and gold through and through, man. But um, it's it's very disheartening this morning, man, Um, waking up this morning uh, uh, representing the burgundy and gold, man. I was telling your uh, producers, man, like, uh, you know, maybe not on the field or with football, but uh, Mrs. Snyder has a very prominent voice in in, in Washington's organization. And uh, it's very surprising that Mr. Snyder you know, would allow things to go on in his uh, organization when his wife is such pr- uh, so prevalent inside the, the, the building, man. I will say, man, going forward, um, I, I am happy that Ron Rivera is there and that he, he provides a state of stability, you know, that, that uh, strong force, you know, of change, you know. And I want to say, man, thank you to those that have – uh, the fortitude to step up and to speak out and to force change, man. I mean, uh, you got to have people that are willing to put themselves on the line. So, so thank you, man. And hopefully going forward, we see something better. And I'll leave you with this lastly, man. I think given all the circumstance, the perfect name for the team going forward is the Phoenix, man. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fire and a lot of ash, man. And it's time to rise above it and, and start anew, man. I hope you all have a great weekend, man. And uh, thank you for taking my call. Thank you, Perfect. James. Always good to hear from you. Always hear from James when the topic is uh, the Washington Redskins. Ron Rivera should not be the person who is leading the charge of being the voice of change with the Washington Redskins. This isn't an on-the-field violation. This isn't a, you know, a critique of the play of the team. He hasn't been there six months. He's the guy who says, hey, this isn't going to happen. We're not going to tolerate this. This is a workplace violation. And Daniel Snyder is the one who should be saying something here. And silence speaks volumes here. But when I see that Ron Rivera is speaking out, I, I... acknowledge that i'm glad he is but this is has nothing to do with ron rivera as they move forward okay but it still comes back to an owner who hired these people he's the one that should be saying something not ron rivera
It's not fair to put him in this situation. Yeah, see. Would it be weird to just have, say, New York play Boston and Los Angeles play San Diego? And, and you know, why do, why do the teams, I guess this is sort of a more abstract discussion or something off on a little bit of a side tangent, but why do we need nicknames like that or, or mascots? Or why do you need the Yankees versus the Red Sox when you could just have New York versus Boston? But then you have New York Jets and then you have New York Giants and then you have the L.A. Chargers and then the L.A. Rams. So yeah. How do you designate L.A. versus... Like Manchester United versus Manchester City. Same, same place, just different teams. Yeah, but one's Man United, one's Man City. Yeah. You, you don't have Los Angeles, uh, where, uh, where, where's the the stadium located by the uh, airport? Inglewood? Well, they're both, yeah, they're yeah. both playing in Inglewood. Yeah, so they're even playing in the same. I think move the Chargers back to San Diego, move the uh, the Jets to Queens, and then we could do it that way. Yeah, but I. People love the nickname. They love the mascot. They love, you know, it's the whole you know, pomp and circumstance, stuff like that. Yes, Todd. That would be weird for me. Like, you know, I love the logo of the horse with the Bronco. So, uh, you know, I could definitely appreciate, you know, rallying behind your team colors and that name, even though, you know, to Seton's point, it does seem a little ridiculous. Why do you have to call it something that could potentially offend somebody? We'll take a break here. Uh, Brian Baumgartner played uh, Kevin in the office. will join us. We'll try to lighten the mood a little bit here. And uh, more phone calls. We'll try to squeeze those in. It's a Traeger meet Friday. The Traeger's fired up. I'm being told carnitas. Is that right? Carnitas tacos. Carnitas tacos. All right. That sounds good. Anything sounds good today. All right. 20 after the hour. We're back after this in the Dan Patrick show. Callaway has created their most advanced tour ball ever, and uh, it's the ball that changed the ball, the Chrome Soft. They took it apart, completely changed everything again. Callaway knew that there was more performance out there, the Chrome Soft, and uh, they wanted to make sure that they provided the best performing tour ball and made it even better. Uh, Callaway invested significantly in their U.S.-based golf facility, Chicopee, Mass. Paulie and Seton took a ride up there last year and uh, put on a display, from what I'm told. The new Chrome Soft delivers an unmatched combination of speed, consistency, spin, and control. It's a ball built for total performance. The new 2020 Chrome Soft and Chrome Soft X are available with alignment-enhancing triple-track technology, which is what I use a yellow yellow golf ball, the Chrome Soft, and the triple-track technology that helps me with my performance. The ball... That changed the ball. It's changing everything. Get your new Chrome Soft or Chrome Soft X golf balls today at CallawayGolf.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dan Patrick Show brought to you by Mercedes AMG. Be prepared for whatever comes your way. It's the all-new GT four-door coupe because life is a race. Visit your local dealership for a test drive today. If you missed any of our interviews this week or any week from the Mercedes AMG Man Cave, go to danpatrick.com or the Dan Patrick Show app. Watch and listen from inside the Mercedes AMG Man Cave, Mercedes AMG driving performance. We caught up with Brian Baumgartner. He is the actor uh, Kevin from The Office. 
host and executive producer of An Oral History of the Office podcast, and you can find that on Spotify. I started the interview by asking Brian, how are you, Brian? I could not be prouder of myself. Okay, let's be, let me be very clear about this. You know, we just finished the American Century Championships up here in Lake Tahoe. Yeah. I don't know if you heard. I did hear. You didn't 30th, win. 30th place, though. Top half of the field with elite athletes all around me. I was very proud of myself. Okay. Who did you play with? Um, I played well. The first day they like to put, let's just say, the Jokers together. So I had uh, Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> And um, <laughs> and John O'Hurley okay. uh, from Seinfeld. Uh, but but I, I made positive numbers every day. The second day I played with Adam Thielen and Aaron Rodgers. And the third day, Mr. Rodgers and A.J. Hawk. How was Aaron Rodgers? He played great. I he know, but, a- but chatting, does, does he an, an office fan? Well, yeah, we're old friends. I, 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 we've, we've discussed this before. I met him in 2008 here. I am still in Lake Tahoe, beautiful Lake Tahoe. Mm. Um, I, uh, I met him at a blackjack table here in 2008. He was a fan of the office and I did, had no clue who he was. No, not one clue. <laughs> this was right before he was the starter. He started in uh, in fall of 2008. And so we started talking. I mean, once he said his name, I was like, oh, yeah, the cow guy. Good luck behind Favre. Um, <laughs> and we became friends then. And, uh, and yeah, we've been friends ever since. So it's always fun to come up here and, and be able to play with him. Uh, Spotify and Brian Baumgartner have teamed up to create a, a new limited series podcast, an oral history of the office. So, uh, Brian host executive producer, is there a story that's off limits that pertains to the office for the podcast? You mean that I won't tell you or that we didn't tell in the podcast touchy to deal with. How about that? Is there a sensitive episode of the office? Yes. So, so I'll tell, I'll tell you two things. One is, is that I lived through this thing. And though my character on the show was not the most intelligent character on the show, I actually (laughs) was paying attention throughout. And I, uh, the, the business of television and entertainment is, is interesting to me. So I was paying attention, but listen, I sat down with all of the key assets for this thing. I have over a hundred hours of recorded material like my drop the mic moment or you know saying is basically Steve Carell didn't talk about the office hasn't talked about the office for more than five minutes since you know he was off the show nine uh years ago and we sat down for three and a half hours and just talked through everything and I learned myself because people are like oh the office everybody knows everything I learned like big, huge, significant things as I was going through this podcast that I think people were too humble um, or too uh, protective of other people to tell when it was going on. Like Like what? Like what? Well, I mean, Dan, I'm not going to give you all of my information, but the office, 
Um, in 2008, there was a writer strike, which I'm, I'm sure those of you who remember, remember, it was 100 days. Everything was shut down. And the office had a very significant role in that shutdown. There are stories around what happened there and key people that were involved in the office um, taking care of our crew who was out of work for 100 days. Stories around that that I had never, ever heard. Um, and I think there's a lot of exploration for people who don't know early on. As Dan, I know you know, the show was almost canceled for like two years. The first two years, we were dead on arrival. Like it was not moving forward. And the bold choices, the brave choices that got people fired because they believed in the show um, that enabled the office to continue into seasons three through, you know, nine, basically, um, we go through in pretty intricate detail what happened there. And, and uh, I think it will be interesting for people, particularly the young people now who have become such fans of the show that think the show just always existed on Netflix, right? Like people don't realize, like a lot of the young viewers don't realize, like, what is NBC? Why? <laughs> what is that? But how close uh, do you think? Was there a day where you thought this is it? They're going to cancel? A hundred percent. I was, um, I was sitting actually <laughs> name drop. I was sitting in a trailer. <laughs> um, uh, Steve Carell's trailer was Steve Carell and Rain Wilson and myself, the three of us in there. We came back for this. We did six episodes in season one and we were given the network didn't even tell people we were only given six episodes in season two. Like they were, they were so, they were like, Oh no, they're coming back. And then they were like, yeah, you can do six and then goodbye. We filmed those in the summer and then we finished before any of them started airing and we were sitting in the trailer and Steve said, well, at least we got to do 12. At least, at least we can be proud of doing 12. And we went away and Angela Kenzie tells the story. She took her nameplate off of her trailer, like as a memento. She was like, we're, we're, we're never coming back. And then, you know, one of the episodes of the podcast, we go through like, it's it, the, the episode in the podcast is called a billion things have to go right. And every single thing in that second season went right. And at the end of the second season, we won the Emmy. And from there it, it was, it was full steam ahead. It's uh, an oral history of the office podcast with your host and executive producer, uh, Kevin from the office, Brian Baumgartner. And uh, you can uh, see it or uh, listen to it, I should say on Spotify. But I wonder if the writing changed when you weren't even sure if you were going to be brought back, like, did it, did it get a little bit more? Hey, who cares? Let's take some risk. Uh, did you ever feel that way? Like you guys started out of the gate with the diversity episode, which to me, like that's episode two, Brian, you usually build up to diversity where you have a little bit of house credit to be able to do that. That we, you, you could have worked with me on the podcast. You, some of what you just said is the narration, like uh, of what I say in the podcast, like, cause there are a lot of people who say, you know, in retrospect, Oh, the office started slowly and it built. <laughs> and I'm like, go, go look at episode two and what was happening. And that episode, Dan, I'll, I'll tell you that I, I remember sitting there in that conference room, which we were in like 14 hours a day that week. And, and, and saying like, man, if people give this show a chance, what we're talking about, we don't, pe people don't talk about this on network television. I mean, we're looking at race in a really frank way, but 
one of my favorite one of my favorite exchanges to me which is like this is so cheap but like quintessential office is michael scott turning in diversity day and turning to oscar and saying in a real genuine way what is less offensive to call you than mexican and oscar's saying what there's nothing offensive about mexican <laughs> Right, right. But like, what's something less offensive? And to me, that that encapsulates it, right? Like, he's trying to do good. He's not misintention. And the response from everybody else who's in the room is like, oh, you can't, don't do that. So the message of the show is, you can't do that. You can't say that. But now we're not even allowed to make that joke. Yeah. That's, that's how people are. Like, that's reality. And I think that one of the things that I've found through the show is, you know, we were looking at and, and, and talking to Greg Daniels, who created it, and Ken Quapas, who directed some of the early episodes. They were really looking for an ultra reality, right? And one of the things this is meta and kind of deep for your listeners, Dan, I'm going to be honest with you about that, but thank you, Brian. That, that, but I'm a listener. See, that's the joke. <laughs> um, that, that you think we need to make this universal, right? So we need to generalize things, right? Because if the more general you make it, the more people can understand it. But I think what the office did and one of the things that has made it endure to today is everything was ultra specific, like very specific. And that ultimately my, my theory is the more specific you get, actually, the more universal it becomes. Did John Krasinski wear a wig any of yes. the seasons? He did. Yes. And this is a new spoiler thing that has come out recently that I always thought, Oh, didn't everybody know that it looked ridiculous. He was in, uh, he wore it. He did, um, the movie with Clooney, Leatherheads. Yeah. When he did Leatherheads and they had the short hair because it was a, a period piece. Don't ask me when exactly. I don't know. But, you know, like it was so they had short hair and he had the like fl floppy do and where they were like, oh, we can't let Jim not have his sexy floppy do. So they put a wig on him. But I thought it looked ridiculous. <laughs> Coming from a guy who looked ridiculous when you wore your hair piece. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was. I, I feel like I should bring it back, Dan. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I should bring it. And back. the Kleenex boxes on the feet. I will tell you, though, the, the craziest thing is, well, I mean, you know this. I can't walk down the street and not have somebody yell chili at me like that is just a thing. <laughs> Right. Like I that that mo that one. It's like we did 200 and whatever episodes. That's how it. do you not have a chili sponsor like Hormel or something? Oh, you haven't you haven't heard Dan. Let me tell you a little something about Bush's beans. <laughs> oh, yeah. Check it you're out. Bush's you're Mr. Bush's beans. No, I think they have a dog. They do for have that, a but, dog. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, there was uh, no, I did a I did a campaign with them right before the pandemic. We did kind of a, a spoof on it and I posted it on Twitter. And I don't know, there's now like 30 million views of this. Thing. I mean, it just like went crazy. Oh, hey, I saw where is Billy Eilish on this? Uh, I talked to Billy Eilish okay. during the podcast. OK, explain 
how Billy Eilish ends up on the office podcast. Well, so um, my my time frame is a little weird, but like right before you, I think, and me knew who she was, I got approached um, by, through my management that this woman, Billie Eilish, wanted to use my voice in one of her songs. She was a big Office fan. And there was a number of the cast that had been approached about this. And I was like, what? I don't know. And then I literally said, well, if Steve says yes, then fine. Like, whatever. Like, I don't know what this is. If you get Carell to say yes, then sure, I'll do it. And so, sure enough, like, I don't know, one week later, I'm listening to the radio and I'm hearing, I'm like, Billie Eilish, who's Billie Eilish? Oh yeah, this is the person who's using my voice. So she went, blew up. One of her songs on her album is called My Strange Addiction. And her strange addiction is The Office. And throughout the song, she uses clips of a number of our voices in, in her song. She's so great. She's so smart. And yes, yeah, she loves the show. She has the show on all the time. And uh, she talked to me about, you know, what the show means to her and, and, and why she became such a big fan of the show and why she had to ultimately write a song and, and use our voices. In it. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, congrats on it. Um, I'm not surprised it's uh, a hit. The oral history of the office with uh, it's on Spotify with uh, Brian, uh, teaming up to create this uh, limited series podcast. I wish you well with it and uh, hope you're doing well. Hopefully uh, we'll see you in person. I would love that soon, Dan. Be well, be healthy, and uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Thank you, Brian. All right, thanks. The Oral History of the Office podcast available on Spotify. Brian Baumgartner, he played Kevin on The Office. Back with your phone calls, close-up shop, what we learn, what's in store next Monday. All of that coming up next year on The Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, good week. Thanks for the contributions to uh, those in front of the camera and behind. Also, uh, the audience, emailing, tweeting, watching, those on chat row. Uh, And also, special thanks to Ethan, who's done an unbelievable job with our stats Ethan, uh, backing up what Seton said, in the early days of baseball, teams didn't have official nicknames. Officially, they were the Philadelphia National League Baseball Club. Nicknames evolved because writers came up with unofficial nicknames to spice up their stories, like the Phillies, Dodgers, Redlegs, etc. So uh, that's according to Ethan. Ethan also pointed out that Aaron Rodgers did not take part in a single preseason snap a year ago. He was slated to play in the game in Winnipeg versus the Raiders, but the Packers saw the field conditions. They kept him on the sideline. That game was shortened to an 80-yard field goal because the end zone was a mess. Once again, that's just Ethan going above and beyond the call of duty, and we thank him for his contributions here. And by the way, Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick are officially Splitsville. Paulie thinks that means Aaron Rodgers. Now that's when you bet on him to be the MVP. Yes, Paulie. Kind of sad about this one. Remember we had her in studio? She was uh, she was backing her guy. Yeah. I, it was a good little thing they had going. I know. I mentioned that uh, I had heard John Legend do a version of Arcade Fire, and I just heard it yesterday. I, I don't know if you've ever – do you have it, uh, Seton? Have you heard of this? But John Legend did that Arcade Fire song. Uh but maybe we can look and see if we can find that. 
Uh, let me see. Uh, Jesse in L.A. Hey, Jess, what do you have for me today? Hey, P. Happy uh, Positivity Friday. Great Thank show you. this week. Thanks, sir. Hey, uh, on that topic, uh, this isn't my, the point of my question, but uh, did, have you guys heard of the David Bowie Arcade Fire performance of that song? No. If not, you should look it up. It's great. I think you'd love it, but... The reason I call is I wanted to say thank you for saying this in the weekend with some laughter with Brian Baumgartner. He's always great, and it goes a long way with all that's going on. And a few weeks back, you did the same with Bob Euchre. And when you asked him how he was able to stick around the league for so long while being so average, and he responded with the absolute gem of a quote, laundry's got to be done. (laughs) Thank you, Jesse. Yeah, I'm getting to the point where the last guest on Friday, I want that person to provide some laughs. A little Friday fun, a little levity there. Uh, our Traeger Meat Friday brought to you by Traeger Wood Fired Grill. Visit your local dealer or head to TraegerGrills.com slash DP show to get started here. This day in sports history, Paulie. Dan, again, it's a little quiet, but 1994, Brazil won its record fourth straight, not fourth World Cup, not fourth straight, defeated Italy uh, 3-2 on penalty kicks. Mm. PKs. Yeah. And uh, the longest hitting streak in baseball history ended when Cleveland Indians pitcher Pitchers held New York Yankee slugger Joe DiMaggio hitless for the first time in 57 games, 1941. Yeah, I think the third baseman was Kenny Keltner, and he made a couple of real nice plays. Buzz kill Keltner? Yeah, and he, he uh, and then DiMaggio, I think, went on and, like, he had the streak stopped, and I think he went on after that to have an 18-game hitting streak, something crazy like that. And I think he, maybe Ethan will know, he struck out a total of 13 times that season. And he won the MVP, not Ted Williams, who batted 406. If that were to happen now, somebody, well, you can't do the 60-game season, but if somebody batted 400 or somebody had a 57-game hitting streak, and DiMaggio had great numbers, too, and the Yankees won that year. But I wonder if the person who has a 57-game hitting streak and their team wins that they would win the MVP over somebody batting 400. Yes, Paul? I was looking at Joe DiMaggio's stats. He was an all-star every season of his 13-year career. He also missed age 28, 29, and 30 due to military service. Yeah. That's a big chunk, right in the prime. Uh, Kyle in California. Hi, Kyle. What's on your mind today? Hey, boys. Happy Friday. Uh, Wanted to make a quick Laker point and then a reference to your uh, Cowboy quarterback list. Uh, They're going to miss playoff Rondo, I think, most. You know, they need LeBron. Um, they need that scoring with LeBron's off the court. Um, and then in reference to your Cowboy quarterback list yesterday, I'm listening like I do all the time, long-time listener, and I hear my Uncle Babe's name be, be mentioned. i got to say, DP, I need a, a little more respect <laughs> put on the man's name. Wait, um, wait, I, I said that I remember these names. Well, hey, be- you threw him in like the last one, like he's chopped liver. <laughs> Just the fact that I mentioned – I didn't mention Chad Hutchinson – Thank you, Kyle. Please tell Babe I said hello. Babe Laufenberg. Yeah, once you're a Cowboy quarterback, you just remember, the, you just tick off all of those names. Who was uh, Quincy Carter? Is he a, cow- a Cowboy quarterback as well? Yes, McLevin. There was a small era of Cowboy quarterbacks that didn't, they, they struggled there for a Uh, I I see a statement from uh, Dan Snyder, and I'm up against the clock, but uh, Snyder has addressed this basically. I mean, there are words, you know, that's great. But uh, we'll see if there's actions here with uh, Daniel Snyder. But he put out a a statement here. Is there anything I need to mention here to be fair to the story, Paulie? The opening line of a statement from Dan Snyder, the behavior described in the Washington Post has no place in our franchise and society. 
He talks about uh, a full investigation. We'll do all work to improve policies and procedures in the future. That's the summary of it. Yeah, McLovin. What What helmet are they going to wear when they arrive in 10 days to camp? (laughs) I have no idea. Uh, Fritzy, what did you learn on today's award-winning program? Our friend Chris Maddox, who hasn't been outside his hotel room since Sunday, says his room reminds him of his college dorm days, unmade beds, food all over, no women anywhere to McLovin. be McLovin. Jim actually did wear a wig in a season of The Office. Seton O'Connor. Jim wore a wig. Yeah. Uh, Paulie? Brian Gar- Baumgartner, good golfer, I guess. Yeah, I didn't realize that. What did I learn on today's program? Billie Eilish, huge fan of The Office, used cast members' voices in her hit song, My Strange Addiction. And I should have known that since I'm a Billie Eilish fan. Uh, what we learned brought to you by LegalZoom. You can start online, network of independent attorneys. They can provide advice when you need it. Since LegalZoom isn't a law firm, you don't have to leave your home. Visit LegalZoom.com today for more information. Have a great weekend, a safe weekend, everybody. Look forward to talking to you again on Monday here on the Dan Patrick Show. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.